Hello and welcome to the Lancet Psychiatry Podcast. My name is Niall Boyce and I'm the editor of the Lancet Psychiatry. Regular listeners will know that we cover a broad range of topics in this podcast, but today we're going a little bit further than usual. We're going to be talking about cholesterol and specifically a new open access paper published in the journal called Clinical and Cost-Effectiveness of an Intervention for Reducing Cholesterol and Cardiovascular Risk for People with Severe Mental Illness in English Primary Care, and that's a cluster randomized controlled trial. And I'm very pleased pleased to be joined by one of the authors on the paper, Professor David Osborne of University College London. Great, well thanks for coming along and uh, asking me to talk about the paper today, Niall, so go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my first question is this, what's a psychiatrist doing running a clinical trial whose primary endpoint is a reduction in cholesterol? Alright, good question. I mean, I've spent probably the last 20 years now looking at the interface between physical health and mental health. It's a uh, Unfortunately, still something that people struggle to integrate the two of them. The, the worrying fact is that people with severe mental illnesses are still dying almost 10 to 20 years younger than their counterparts who don't have severe mental illness, even when you account for things like social deprivation. So kind of all my clinical life, but my research life, I've really said, well, hang on a minute, why, why the minute somebody has a mental health problem do you forget about their physical health? And the other part of my work has been, well, when somebody has physical health problems, why on earth aren't you thinking about their mental health? So... The two go hand in hand for me, and so this trial's been the end of a lot of different pieces of research, but really trying to say what can we do to try and decrease those, what I see as inequalities really, where people with mental health problems, for whatever reason, are having much worse physical health outcomes. And I think we've all seen the, the newspaper headlines and, and probably read the, the scientific papers as well about this mortality gap which you're talking about, and the figures are so shocking that the assumption is that once you get the figures out there, something will change and something will happen, but as you say, the, the gap remains. And there have been lots of other pieces of work on various aspects of physical health. Your paper focuses really on, on cardiovascular risk. How is this different? How is this an advance on, on previous research? So I think what's different here is we really wanted to think about a, a real-life way of trying to help people to improve their cardiovascular health. So there have been other bits of work. There's some good work around smoking cessation, showing that you can help people with severe mental illness to um, give up smoking, and they want to give up smoking, actually. So there's some work there, but that's just one part of health. And it's some work around weight reduction, which, again, can be a big problem for people with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. But again, it's just about weight when you look at the research we want to say well actually if I go to the doctor actually I, I want a whole approach to all of my physical health so let's look at um, all the different things that might be part of trying to manage and prevent cardiovascular risk heart attacks and strokes so that's what's different and of course it's in primary care it's in real life general practice across the UK so it's actually 76 general practices in, in the England who signed up to this, which I have to say we're really pleased about that, actually, irrespective of all the science here. You know, people are actually interested in taking part in, the, in this research. That was really pleasing to me. That, that seems to be at least a sea change, that people are taking this, this idea and this area seriously. So the primary care physicians and their colleagues were, were enthusiastic about the trial? Yeah, they absolutely were. Well, as I say, we, we originally thought we'd only need sort of 38 practices and actually we ended up needing a few more for various sort of uh, uh, pragmatic research reasons but uh, yeah they were keen to take part and it was mostly healthcare assistants and nurses who came along and had the training but they too I mean they had some concerns and things they wanted to learn about but actually once they were 
taking part in Primrose, they were yeah they were very enthusiastic and, and actually the feedback from primary care has been very very positive about this. And what was the programme which you offered them? Well we spent a long time developing the programme and we developed it with some of the service users, with people who are expert in behaviour change and also talking to GPs and to practice nurses. And we came up with quite a brief programme, it was two days of training but we really tried to really help them partly around their concerns about working with people with mental health problems because some of them just hadn't had experience and so they had the usual kind of worries about whether they'd be able to deal with those mental health problems correctly but we also taught them about how to break down behaviour change around uh, physical health behaviours so looking at things like setting goals around collaborative things like whether people wanted to give up smoking, whether they would like to try and manage their cholesterol with a statin, whether they wanted to lose weight. So it was those kind of elements all helped by some colleagues of ours in behaviour change actually here at UCL who have done lots of work outside mental health looking at how you help people to change their behaviours to a healthier model. So. That's a complicated answer, but... (laughs) It's a a complicated issue, and out of all the possible outcomes you could have chosen, you chose cholesterol at 12 months. What was the thinking behind that? That, I mean, that is a really good question. We looked at this and tried to think, how do you capture an overall improvement in health? And actually, it's quite hard to find something. It's something people have struggled with. And so when we looked at this intervention, we, we knew that one of the key things that we wanted to do was to try and work with people around weight. We knew from my own PhD research that cholesterol can be a real problem for people with psychosis and bipolar disorder. And so we, in the end, the best thing that we could come up with that might capture a number of the different um, things that people wanted to change and that was really objective was a blood level for cholesterol. It's not ideal. It doesn't capture smoking. It doesn't necessarily capture hypertension, blood pressure, but it does capture exercise, weight, and also whether people are taking things like statins if if they uh, are indicated. And of course, there are various secondary outcomes of the trial, which we'll probably discuss further in a moment. But to to, to return to to the headline numbers, this took uh, just under two years. You did it between 2013 and 2015. You had 76 practices, 327 participants. And at the end of all this, what did you find? All right, well, at the end of all of this, what we found was in the practices that had our training and our intervention, cholesterol went down um, for the people with schizophrenia, but also in the practices that didn't have the intervention, so they were randomised to not have the intervention, but then asked to just do their usual care. Well, actually, the cholesterol went down in that arm of the trial as well. So when you do your main analysis in this trial, actually we didn't find a difference between the two arms. It seemed like cholesterol was going down in both arms, so it raises as many questions as it answers. So whether it's training or treatment as usual, we see a reduction in, in, in cholesterol. And there are many reasons why that could be. It yeah. could be that there's some effect of actually participating in the trial, regardless of, of the training that's received. Uh, it could be to do with the selection of practices, I suppose. Well, it might well be. I guess if you're a practice that's interested in people with mental health problems, uh, you know, then maybe you're more interested in going into a trial and it may well be that in the practices that didn't have the intervention well they knew they knew that they had some participants who had things like raised cholesterol and who were smokers so maybe they were more likely to um, try and support those people in a more active way than perhaps other practices would have done so 
No, you could be right. What I'd like to talk about, though, is one of the secondary outcomes, which I found very intriguing, which was to do with uh, admission rates, really to do with what we call mental health outcomes for the intervention group. Well, exactly. And uh, and although our primary outcome was physical health, again, as we said earlier, there's no separating mental health and physical health. And in fact, what we found was that the people who had the primrose intervention, so they saw their nurse or healthcare assistant on an average of at least six times um, during the study, um, so saw the same person. And the people who received that had fewer admissions to psychiatric hospital than the people in the comparison arm who didn't have that kind of continuity of care. So it's a very interesting finding, really. And, of course, because hospital care is very expensive, that means that the intervention also saves money because people are going into hospital less. So very interesting. I always think that there's really no such thing as a so-called negative trial because every trial generates data and data are useful in devising future interventions and and to following up the intriguing findings. Where do you see yourself going from here? Well, I think that one of the first things that's really important that that comes back from this is thinking about, well, what have we found and what can we learn from that? So what have we found? We found that people in primary care want to work with this group of people with mental health problems. That it does ha- that when you train people, they do see those um, service users, and that the service users want to come along. So actually, there's definitely something there about uh, the feasibility and acceptability of this. We did some more in-depth work, listening to what happened in the appointments, and it did seem that people were definitely setting goals with the with their participants. They were definitely looking at things like smoking and weight reduction. So there was good work going on. I think one of the things that we found when we looked into the detail was that what didn't tend to happen was that people talked about statins and that's whether people needed to start statins or whether people were happy or willing to continue on statins. They're not always popular with everybody, but they do have a massive evidence base and we know they prevent heart disease. Some of our previous work has looked at statins and shown that they really do prevent heart disease in people with schizophrenia because I think sometimes people are a bit negative and think oh they won't work for people with mental health problems but they do so I guess where we go from here is really trying to work out why did that happen because that would have been the other thing that perhaps would have made a difference in the trial so the intervention is acceptable people liked it the nurses liked it the participants liked it we got some positive findings but we didn't show a difference in cholesterol so I think we need to work on that that's where we need to go I think one of the big problems in mental health is the fact that we still call it mental health care that um, it's not integrated with physical health uh, healthcare, the primary health isn't integrated with secondary health. And I think when you get services which are under a great deal of financial pressure, that, that exacerbates it because people are very self-conscious about what they do in their bit of the service and what the other bit does, and everyone's trying to look after their own little pot of resources. And you end up with patients being stuck in in the middle of all of this and being very underserved by uh, services which should really be helping them. Yeah, it's a good point, and I agree with that. I think integration, it's a big word. Everybody's using it as a buzzword at the moment. Whether it's really happening out there in the real world is another question. I think what's interesting here is that if, like any of us, if I go to see a healthcare professional, I want to see a similar person and I want that person to remember what's going on for me and continuity is very important. That's certainly one of the things that happened in Primrose is people got continuity in primary care rather than seeing one GP, then one nurse and then another health professional. So, And the idea was that that individual also 
in some ways integrated the care in terms of looking at all the other things that the person might need for their cares. You know, I think that's certainly one of the possible explanations, the continuity as to why this was so well attended and popular with the participants. Even now, as I say, I can't say it made a difference to cholesterol, but it did decrease the number of admissions people had. So integration is, is the watchword. I don't think we'll be changing the name to the Lancet Psychiatry and Physical Health quite yet, but, uh, <laughs> but give us time. The article is available for free to download on the Lancet Psychiatry website as it is open access. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Osborne, for joining us. No, thanks very much for the interest in the paper and keep on integrating physical and mental health. Thank you, and thanks to you, the listener, for downloading this podcast. I hope you'll join us again next time, but for now, goodbye.